0: My name is Cade Courtley, and this is Can You Survive This Podcast? This show is designed to teach you techniques that will increase your chances of survival in any life threatening disaster scenario imaginable. Join me each week as I challenge my guests to see if they have what it takes to get out alive. Knowledge is power, people. Can you survive this podcast? Hello, my fellow survivors. If you hear my voice, it means you are still alive, and it remains my mission. To keep things that way. I'm Kate Courtley and welcome to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast? We have an amazingly talented, multi-talented guest today. He's almost can be considered multi-personality a little bit based on the fact that not only is his name Creed Bratton in real life, but he it was also Creed Bratton for nine years in the office. Mr. Bratton, welcome to the show, sir. How are you today?
1: Thank you so much. I'm not sure if I'm worthy of all that accolade in the beginning. I know people talk about me a lot as a national treasure. (laughs) I tell, I tell fans, I said, no, no, not a national treasure, more of a, of a trinket or a curio you'd find in in a pawn shop, a national trinket. I consider myself that, but not a national treasure.
0: Well, I think you're underselling yourself a little bit. You've hey, well, dedic-
1: I, I appreciate, I appreciate.
0: I that. mean, you've dedicated most of your life to entertaining people, making yes. them happy, making them laugh through your music. You were a musician long before you got into the acting, at least seriously. How long have you been a musician?
1: Well, I'm 77 now. So 60 years, I, st- I started working professionally when I was 17. I might never I, I wow. thought about that. Wow. 18, I worked at this place called The Falls up in Bass California, played lead guitar with this band. I always played in bands all through college and then, of course, through Europe. And then, of course, in the grassroots, we had a couple of big hits with Let's Live for Today, mm-hmm. Midnight Confessions, songs like that. Yeah. Then I started acting in uh, high school, doing plays, and then in college, and I be- decided that's what I wanted to do. And I became a drama major through college.
0: You grew up in California, right? Uh, you. Uh, I was
1: born in L.A. and raised up by Yosemite, yeah.
0: Now, were you, did you spend a lot of time in the outdoors, learn how to hunt and fish or, or, I, or, or hiking and stuff like that? Uh,
1: Actually a good fisherman. I yeah. uh, go up, I've been up to Alaska three times and once with my son, the last trip was with my son. And we went back in the Katmai wilderness and to a state where we, we were a lot. We weren't roughing it, you know, but uh-huh. we flew down and, and there's bears all oh, yeah. around us. That was pretty exciting stuff. And the fishing is amazing. The average rainbow, about 24 inches. Oh. But I did hitchhike across North Africa by myself in 1964. And that was pretty hairy, you know.
0: It had to be. I want to hear some stories about that. Were there ever...
1: I the side of the road and we went about 500 miles out in the Sahara Desert on this little small plane and, and entertained the uh, mobile oil people, you know. It was quite an experience.
0: Well, it had to be. I mean, I'm sure you've done a ton of traveling. Where was probably the most dangerous place you ever went where you're like man this probably wasn't a good idea or any type of kind of life-threatening type of situations in your life
1: well there's been a couple i had a knife pulled on me in tangiers one night and i had to run from that because they always say jump a gun run from a knife so so, (laughs) is that true well,
0: I always say the person who wins a knife fight bleeds the least. You're going to bleed. So absolutely. If you have the ability to run, that's probably a really good idea, especially if you're not yeah, armed. No, I, I, need to, I need to play the car,
1: Yeah, know?
0: as far as yeah. j- jumping the gun. Well, you know, maybe if you're in the Matrix, but that's a very, no. very yeah. high risk maneuver there. Yeah. yeah. Then We got
1: surrounded by a wild dog pack in Tripoli, Libya. And we, the three of us had to back up back to each other and beat them off with, with sticks and our guitars, in cases, banging them away. And they were snapped, going at our legs and stuff like this. It was nuts there. And we were <laughs> warned we about it. So there's dog packs. We went, yeah, well, sure.
0: So you guys were on tour in these places and you're finding yourself yeah, getting well, we really at a knife tour. point? We
1: traveling. And- I met these guys at a American Express. I went over with, a ride with $25 in my pocket in Venice. And stayed almost 2 years in Europe and in North Africa and the Middle East this playing busking in, in places also getting gigs in restaurants and then we finally had an empresario who booked us all over Israel and places like that and it was it was a wild time but anyway so with the dog thing we thought they were we actually kind of just making exact you how know, people exaggerate these american housewives exaggerate it was no joke they were after us you know for sure
0: well, yeah. And I mean, even if you just got bit, which is kind of a major deal, who knows what these things had, rabies or anything else yeah. like that. But I mean, the perfect response to that situation, gather up back to back, make yourself bigger targets and then
1: yes, yes, start. Yeah. Well, and the other time too, of course, is in Alaska the, on this last trip when we we're fishing with my son and we were with our guide. We had flown in and it's so cool because you fly in these little tiny planes on pontoons and there's these serpentine rivers and you land and you go like this and you get out and you, you start walking through. We were, we were uh, walking along. We had stopped outside of a lodge and we knew the lodge, where the lodge was. And there was a guide there watching somebody else. We could hear them up behind us like this across the river, this bear. There was a young bear, a mother bear and an adolescent.
0: Oh, and the she had her baby in. with her.
1: She didn't do it. The adolescent comes up. He sees us. Oh, and I said, and my son says, he looks like he doesn't like us. And he says, oh, they never hardly do anything. And all of a sudden he goes, hoo, 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 and he goes, he charges. He goes, he's coming across the thing like this. And we're looking. And now the guy in the parks can't pack. Really? They can't carry. They do when we're out in places like that. They got to, you know. That makes zero sense alive. to me. But all right. we're alive. but at this time there was guards. So nothing. So we had nothing. And we're, he said, just back up slowly. Keep your eye on him, Stay together. And we're backing up slowly. Next thing we know, we hear there's another guy and the park ranger, and there's five of us now backing up. And he's in front of us like this going. Arr, 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 arr. But scratching the thing, and I'm going, shriveled, and there's no penis left. And it's, just all, <laughs> it's all gone into the, its cavity by now, you know. And you're still trying to be cool. My son's there. I got I to stay cool, you know. Right. He, we're all, we all back up. And he goes, and he runs off like that. And the park guy said, oh, those adolescents, they're just showing off. And he goes off. And we go up to get a couple of, got a cup of green tea. Oh,
0: I think they call no. that a bluff charge. And it is sort of a, dom- yeah. a dominant thing. That's
1: what I, it's a bluff charge. So I it was my first bluff charge. It's yeah. Like but
0: when that's happening to you for the first time, you're not like, is this real yeah. or a bluff? You're like, I've got a gigantic beast heading right for me. I'm amazed though. It was the pup and not the mama. Cause normally they're. We
1: weren't between her and her. Couple. Yeah. So they were on the other side. She was just walking along. Yeah. It's the young guy. And I guess apparently they get beat around by the old boars, right? Mm -hmm. Because they can't mate. They're not old enough to mate. So they they start sniffing around. They get banged. So they need someone to intimidate.
0: (laughs) Do you realize, you probably realize this, but there are more people that die from moose attacks in Alaska than bear. Yes. Yes. And it is the mamas when they have their kids are hyper aggressive. I dealt with this just this weekend at my property in Northern Colorado. And I kept going really? through my mind: more people die from moose and bear, more people die from moose and bear, and was lucky enough where I was in a position where I could I could get out of there. But yeah, they're hyper aggressive. But they,
1: they, they stop you with their feet, when they ready. Oh to yeah,
0: oh yeah, they start just going like that go you. and heading towards up it. And up. they look—if you've ever seen a moose up close—they look. Am. It looks like it was put together wrong. They were just created yeah, yeah. very strange. But for a thousand-pound animal with backward back legs, so fast. I was really impressed. They
1: said so on the alone show how nasty they were. And one guy, I think I just started on the sixth season. Now I'm going back to the first season. Well, <laughs> so the guy shoots with an arrow
0: uh-huh.
1: and then he finds there's not enough fat in the animal to keep him alive. So he said, I'm eating all this protein all day and starving to death.
0: Yeah, that's what uh, a lot of actresses are doing out in Hollywood now, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're starving right now the, the moose work. diet. <laughs> That's a great. That would be a great thing, Kate. Is the, is the moose is the moose diet? When we were in Montana, we flew into Bozeman and went to Innis, Montana. And while we we're there, a moose killed a guy. Uh, no, a bison. A bison killed a guy, right out front of a general store. And they let the, the bison just run around all the. Time. But they say stay away. They can't see very well, but stay away. Right. Well, this guy got out of his car and he he saunters right next to the. The thing and the thing was wearing like that. ship and he put his foot. And we were reading about this the next morning at the general store. And the locals were going, "Well, it serves him right, you know." Oh yeah, so, he nope.
0: figured he'd have an awesome Instagram picture, and now he's got uh, an awesome headstone. So there's no fixing stupid. Sometimes, is there? I don't
1: think so. I don't think so. <laughs> and we, we were just going, uh, "Why? Why?"
0: Yeah. They're not thinking they're
1: yeah. not thinking that's that's a simple say yeah,
0: it's unfortunate. It happens, and hopefully people learn from it, but it yeah. happens all the time, unfortunately, with all your traveling, what would you say is the most dangerous place you've ever been, unless it's one of the ones you previously mentioned?
1: Oh, I think it had to be Alaska you know, yeah. back, back in the back country, you know. except you well, I wouldn't want to be there by myself, absolutely not yeah as far as people hurting you, you know, the, uh, the back streets in the Arab countries, you know, uh-huh. you'd be out somewhere, get in trouble there real fast. Yeah. I'm
0: familiar with that.
1: Yeah. 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 You could be. <laughs> and we were just, pl- we we're musicians, we were in our tw- but we're in our twenties. We don't have any fear. Yeah. We don't have any fear of that. I just yeah. got out of college. You know, I weighed about 200 pounds and I felt in shape and stuff, you know, and I always felt like I could, I could take care of what I had, what had to be taken care of, you know, but I was just, I didn't really know. I just just was naive.
0: Yeah, but you you already touched on a little bit that when you're twenty and your mindset, you feel like you're indestructible. Yep. You really do. As time goes on, you realize, well, that wasn't the case. Maybe I was just really lucky.
1: Yeah, I think that was the case. <laughs> I was lucky I got to it. But I'm still, still here though, know, somehow. Some angel looking over me for sure.
0: Oh, you're doing the right stuff, man. The time that you spent and you continue to spend, I can't wait to talk to, about your new albums coming out, oh, But and all that time and music and all that traveling, and this isn't bears and moose and, and what have you, but there had to be some crazy survival stories surrounding being in a band, being a musician, oh, different God. type of survival stories. But I mean, what was some of the crazy stuff you dealt with there as far as
1: getting to jobs, running late, living in the back of a van, you know, mattresses, you know, sleeping and not getting into showers and just getting just barely in time to get up on stage and, and do the show. Oh, okay. This is the one you are like. We're in Florida. We're booked to play a coast of Florida. We, and we did the show. And then they say, okay, come with us. We're going to get on a plane and go do the other show. And we, What are you talking about? It's a two show. We'll wait. We'll bring in the rest of the crowd and we'll do the next second show. Said, so, no, no, you didn't read the contract. Our manager and the agents didn't properly check the contract. We had a show on the other side of the peninsula of Florida, like completely on the other side, and they were planning to fly us to the show. Mm-hmm. So we got the back line there. They got the guitar, they got the uh, amplifiers and the drums. And we take we our guitars and we get on this little plane, guitars from the back, and we're flying in this little plane at night. And all of a sudden, here's yeah, Charlie, Charlie You see the um, amber light and the green light, and so proceed down, and we come, we start going, mm. coming in like this, and we look, and I see a blue light and a red light, not an amber light and a, and a green light, and I go, and I start to say, "Excuse me, those those aren't the right colored lights." And the guy said, "You play guitar, I fly the plane." and He was like, oh, you got-
0: right. we were high,
1: we were high too, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't argue much about this." We land, we immediately hit something on this runway. We go off. As God is my witness, this is an absolute fact. The plane goes, and I can have Warren Itner attest to this story. We hit the thing like this, boom, boom, this is rough. It's not managed. We go off into a ditch, into a canal. Now we're in water with the plane, and the lights of the plane on the top are shooting over, and we see alligators (laughs) in the canal. We see alligators in the canal. So we get out of the plane and we get out of the plane like this. And we're not, I'm not saying where they're all talking to the pilot. I won't talk to the pilot now because I saw that this is wrong. You You tried to help. I tried to help. What do guitar players know? (laughs) And all of a sudden over the hill, we see dogs on leashes going "Ah, ah, ah, ah," like this. We are on a secret military base. They come down in mm-hmm. the little off-road things like this with guns out, take us and put us in the brig. They arrest us. So finally, we got on the phone. They kept the pilot in, in the jail. They finally came and saw a lawyer came, got us out, and it didn't take long. It really didn't take long. And so they said, well, you're the, oh, okay. Well, they understood it then. But this guy landed on a military base. Forget it. So then they drove us all across, and we, we were late, we were a couple hours late, but we did the show. But at that time... That was pretty
0: hairy. <laughs> okay, that, all right. So, folks, we have to summarize this. A, it's a no bullshitter. We're talking about oh, a, no, a we're talking about a plane crash that ends up in the water. Yep. Infested with alligators, yep. attack dogs heading your way with heavily armed soldiers. Yes. You end up in jail and still make it to the show. You it, are it, it, a survivor, it, it, Creed. If anybody doubts
1: this case. Oh, I don't. You, you tell them to put up money and I'll take a lie detector.
0: Oh, I d- I don't any, doubt it a any bit.
1: Day, any day of the week.
0: This sounds like a scenario I'm going to put you through later, but you've already been through it so you already survived this podcast, but we got some more to talk about. I wish to goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, Brandon. You it. Thank Peace you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on nowadays with the quarantine. Your thoughts about it? What you think? You wish you would have done differently or not? Maybe to prepare and how you think it's affecting the entertainment business and, and what you're involved in music. Well, I know there's a lot know, there.
1: Both. Are you into stoic philosophy at uh-huh. all? marcus aurelius
0: and yeah a, a little Seneca. bit yeah, yeah i'm I'm, I'm a, a big fan of that. the warrior mentality
1: yeah the warrior mentality well i've been a big student of stoic philosophy for, for a long time right now and i just they always tell you there's never any bad things that happen bad things are, that happen are just a way for you to adapt and uh, become stronger become stronger because of this thing so i think you always prepare for something that happen. things you can't assume it's always going to be great because you know well i'll take it this great day but this great day may not be a great day it may be bad so this is a really a bad year it's a very bad year Yeah. but this is this has happened before human race is always going through stuff like this so we shouldn't be surprised it's, oh no we should have been more prepared we should always be expecting something like this to happen so i believe yes as individuals we should always probably have 30 days worth of stuff put in our garage we should have toilet paper. We should have a little emergency generator. That would be a nice thing
0: to have. Do you or did you? Yeah, I, do not. I do not. Okay, that you do now. But so do you have less than food
1: And all that other stuff put away like this in sternos and things where I could boil water and things Good. like that. That's, yeah. I guess because you live in LA, you get a little lax and that's not good. So I'm glad we're having this talk because it's going I'm going to go check my resources as <laughs> soon as I through this thing to make sure I'm okay. But you do, you do get people are, will come out of it either nicer to other people. You see people becoming nicer. You see people calling up people they haven't spoke to in years mm-hmm. and saying, you know what I haven't spoke to in a long time. So I think that it's opening up the heart a lot, this situation. And it's also, you see people getting really scared. And as you and I both know, being scared is not going to safe i can accomplish anything you know
0: well unfortunately fear of the unknown can have such a huge and devastating impact on people
1: yeah but but we all realize we're going to die sure if this is a situation where we are going to die then the best thing we can do as human beings is go well at least let me die with dignity let me die not being afraid let me do what i came here to do is is live a noble life and i think that's important so if you are going to die don't be a wuss about it, you know, face up to the fact and go out with a, a smile. What was, there's a famous poem, when I was born, the others laughed, I cried. I did the laughing when I died. Birth is a joyful thing, except to him who greets the dawn. Ah, we would weep at birth and laugh at death, I know, if love of life did not deceive us. So I'm not sure if that's Shakespeare or not, but it's one but it's I've had in my back pocket for a long time and, it, and it's true it's a good it's one true. it's a good one yeah it's a good one so everybody out there uh, don't be afraid because it's what well, you're gonna go anyway so it's okay.
0: i mean we're all going to i uh yeah i should be dead about 20 different times right now and so i try I'm to re- sure.
1: i'm sure i'd love to sit down with you sometime and hear your story
0: well and and you touched on it earlier and it's kind of easy i was a very much of a seize the day and hey when it's your time it's your time go out yeah go out in my case go out fighting. Yeah. But as I'm getting older, I'm realizing I'm not remembering that as much. And just to remind myself, make it count. Make it count. Okay, you're you're 50 now, but keep making it count. And it seems like you've got that with this busy day and your attitude. You still love waking up in the morning and saying, it, it, let's have a great day.
1: Again, it's, it's a stoic thing. Something I read yesterday, people get up and they say, oh, I have to. They make a list what they got to do for the day. I have to do this. I have to do this. I've got to go. I have to. I have to. I have to. They said, just change have to I get. Yeah. You, you know this one. I get to do this. I don't have to do this. So I look at myself at my age. I was in a hit rock band at a young age. And then I worked and worked and struggled, but always kept my eye on the ball, stayed in class, stayed in shape, kept working out. Oh, I was a bad boy. Don't get me wrong, Kate. <laughs> I'm in a rock. I'm a rock and roll guy.
0: You still but are, I still yeah, brother
1: still stayed, stayed in shape. That was the whole thing. So when it came down to the opportunity, I was ready. I was ready. I always kept. I always maintained that you just have to keep your eye on the ball and just keep, keep focused on where you're going at all times. But I get up in the morning and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the opportunity to go write my songs, play my music. I love being out on tour. When I'm on stage, I come alive. I'm not 77 years old on stage. I'm a 69 year old. <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel like a 30 40 year old guy up there, you know, dancing and, and singing.
0: I can't imagine what that feels like. I got one little example of it. Uh, I used to do security for a band Linkin Park and we were Oh yeah. So we yeah. were over at a music festival in Hong Kong. 78,000 fans. And so right before their set, I went out with my camera and just kind of took a peek and filmed panned left to right. And I'm like, I can see why this is such an insane rush to be in front of that many people that are screaming for the performance that you're giving. It's, I don't know how you could compare it to anything else. You can't.
1: It's the visual, but also the visceral, the feeling, that energy that they fill you up with. You go, and you, you, feel, you feel larger than life. And that's why I think a lot of rockers and, and performers turn on to drugs so heavy is they get off and there's nothing to compare with it. And they're, they're searching that thing. you got to go and just go, go you know, like a, the cool down. You have to cool down. I, I, they said you're ready to leave? No, no. I need to cool down before I go out and talk to anybody.
0: You know, I get oh, yeah. They, they came off just buzzed on the fan reaction and the performance. Yep. And yep. I That's could true, see that. True. And so I, I can understand yep. how how could you replicate that in trying to chase that. And obviously that leads yeah. to terrible things. But uh, yeah. that was a very, very cool that's one of those little experiences I'll always have in my mind, just seeing that for yeah, a think, few that's seconds. That's a great
1: experience too, you know, and also see the love.
0: Yeah. But the love they get from all these people too, you know, what they're in there. It's good stuff. Oh, it was so funny too, because they would climb over the fence and security to get them. They bowed and, and bowed, said, <laughs> said they were sorry, said they're sorry. sorry, didn't fight and just walked off single file. I was like, all right.
1: <laughs> it Not was Altamont. crazy. Not
0: Altamont for sure. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. So obviously you were talking about touring and that's not happening right now for anybody. Entertainment business is all but sort of shut down, which is, I guess, why it's a good time to be in the podcast business.
1: Well, I just did a character for a video game. So there are those things, right? There's podcasts, there's video games. I guess if I could get an animated character for a cartoon, sure. although they'd still have to get the people together in the now... Can't even do those now, can they? Uh, the small rooms would be left to work.
0: Has there been any chat, I'm sure there has been, since The Office ended about getting back together for a Reunite show or even an Office <laughs> yeah. movie? Or is it just like, leave it alone, it was amazing? I don't know, what are your thoughts yeah. on that?
1: everybody wants that to happen. But like Greg Daniels says, Greg Daniels our showrunner mm-hmm. and our guiding voice. We left with that the finale was such a good warm feeling for everybody why take a chance of messing it up sure but we always talk about krasinski's idea of having a christmas special oh, and i would love a two hour that, that would be a we could get people together for uh, a certain time of to do a, a two hour i would think but then again somebody like steve carell and ed helms now you uh-huh. know it's hard and krasinski i mean god these people are major major stars
0: what would creed at bratton say when he got the invitation for a Christmas party at Dunder and Milson?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I can make that thing. Yes. Is Debbie Brown going to be there? <laughs> I believe I owe her something.
0: Thanks for indulging. I appreciate it. Let's talk about, you've got a new album coming out here. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about it. This is your ninth, correct?
1: This is my ninth studio album. Yes, that's very good. Very good. My ninth one. Slightly altered. I'm playing with three different bands, guys that I've jammed with. and Well, actually, two bands I've jammed with. I won't even say jammed with. I, play, I jammed with the Mojo Monkeys. It's a band that I worked with, Mojo Monkeys. They played on three songs. There's another band who I've got to sit in with, luckily, called Jack Shit, with the great Val McCollum, <laughs> Davey Ferenger, and Pete Thomas from the Elvis Costello Band. And they're like a premier mm-hmm. band. And everybody that plays music knows how good these guys are. And then my producer, Dave Way, he likes to say the multi Grammy award winning Dave Way, he invited me to the premiere of Echoes in the Canyon, Jacob Dylan's uh, film sure. on the 60s up in the Little Canyon. And he said, I think you were going to like this band a lot. So I, I love the movie, I really did. And so afterwards, we went outside the back, smoked a joint, had a drink with the band, and we were all yak and stuff, and we hit it off. We hit it off. And so I said, would you guys like to come in the studio with Dave and I and maybe cut some songs? And I said, I can send you over some of my new songs if you're interested. So I did. And they said, yeah, well, these are, we love these songs. And so, boom, that was that. So I had three bands and then the rest of the stuff is just me on acoustic guitar doing what I did on the album four, that, that folky finger picking thing, which I, which is kind of like my wheelhouse stuff. But it was so much fun to strap on electric guitar. And sit there and sing and with the band, it was it was great. You
0: know, you still play every day or almost every day. Almost every day,
1: yeah. Um, because you got you lose the calluses, you sure. know. And sure. I just love it. I just love it. I'm all, and it's it's not even a, a thing, Kate, of, of practicing. It's I'm always writing songs, so that's part of. I do use my guitar to write songs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't play. I play a little piano, but I don't write on piano very much at
0: all. We had the opportunity to. Interview the stunt coordinator for Tarantino's movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She was great, uh-huh. and you yes, it made me think about. You were talking about the time in Laurel Canyon in the '60s, and did you see the movie? And what do you think of it? it? Was it a little bit of a walk down memory lane? No, I, I thought it was really
1: good. Yeah. I mean, I love Tarantino's stuff, you know, I really do. He put a grassroots song in Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Put Midnight Confessions in the film Jackie Brown. Oh, here's a good story. I'm at the BAFTAs, the uh, British you know, film film awards and stuff like that. And I see Quentin Tarantino and I approach him and I said, "Hey, I Creed Bratton from the office." Oh yeah, and it's "But I, you don't, you do not know, but I was in the grassroots and you put Jackie Brown and we never got paid in the beginning for any of our roles. Nothing. We never got paid because that's the way it was back in the '60s for the wreck. They didn't pay you. You just got money from live shows. That was it. If you were lucky." So I said, I want to tell you that when you put that show in, the royalties saved me through about a two-year period, just kept me alive. I said, oh, you're welcome. He started telling me the story about Temptation Eyes. He said, I love that song, Temptation Eyes. Let me tell you the story. All of a sudden, his eyes get like this. He goes, I'm so sorry. And he pushes by me. And he'll turn around. He's running over to talk to Paul McCartney. (laughs) <laughs> he looked at me to go i'm sorry i'm sorry my bad i said no no i get it i get it it's okay <laughs> and there in the back behind the circle this he's got talking about bodyguards all around paul mccartney's bodyguards. he lets quentin in he any part he gets to go inside the circle he said he walks around with these people around him like he this. he's paul mccartney yeah kate flannery kate flannery is doing this number i go and i, I walk up to the table and oscar is there and he says you should have gone in and talked to Paul, too. You're a, you're a rock star. You could do it. I said, no, it's, that's out of my league right there. That's, that's Quentin Tarantino and Paul McCartney. We look down. There's Kate Flannery, very faithfully Meredith. And she's walking along with the drink. But you can see in her eyes what she's planning. She's walking with her back to the bodyguards like this with her drink. And she goes like this. She finally goes like this. Oh, hi. And she bumps right into this bodyguard. She's trying to act like she stumbles into the party. So good. And Oscar and I howl. <laughs> Tate's got big wave lists, Let me tell you.
0: Do you ever bump into the people that represented that movie? Do you ever get a chance to meet a Steve McQueen or Sharon Tate or any, some of those icons during that time period in, in Hollywood?
1: Uh, very first movie. I had a small bit part on just briefly, like a cameo basically was cast a giant shadow. So that was in Israel in 1965. And I'm, There, that movie, I met John Wayne, Yule Brenner, Frank Sinatra. So those were pretty big ones back then. Sure. I remember uh, I I was leaning against a board there on the set, and Frank Sinatra came over to me and he said, Hey, kid, he said, That's going to be set off here, but there's got explosives (laughs) in that. And I, I had no idea. This is my first movie.
0: (laughs) So you were saved by Frank Sinatra, sort of. I was.
1: Well, I (laughs) wasn't say, We didn't know. But I'm going to say right now I wouldn't have ever played guitar if it weren't for Frank Sinatra. We can say that.
0: Creed, I got news for you. You've actually been through quite a few life and death situations just from the time we've been talking together. So,
1: oh, you can not even going to get on all the drugs? The drugs. Oh, no,
0: well, I wasn't going to go down that road, but I can imagine no. those were probably no. a little sketchy as well.
1: They are. Pretty well,
0: sketchy. let's see if you've got one more in you. All right. Okay. But I wanted to tell you this. I know you're survivors. I know you teach
1: people how to get out of situations. Sure. But I just wanted you to know that that I was thinking about this before I come along, I wanted to do my due diligence. And I thought, what would Creed the character do? You know, you're welcome, I'm, here it comes. <laughs> what would he do if he was in a terrorist situation like this? Well, first of all, Creed has an amazing siren thing he does. <coughs> 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 I did that in the back of a building i'm sure they'd say oh it's the cops and they run that other one that i think would be very good if they were all there coming in the room like this with their guns like this and everyone's cowering down and i would turn around with my back to them and go oh my god and and pretend that someone was coming the other way and run by the terrorists and go come on they're gonna get us and and they'd go oh then they've run out with me that's that's a possibility and then you
0: can always do a cartwheel out of there did creed ever figure out how to do that damn cartwheel he never did
1: he actually did a much better one than that i was i looked at that thing the there I, I was a little out of shape a lot too much craft service oh, at that time
0: it's know? easy <laughs> it happens By the time the
1: show was over i think i was down about 185 but i was uh, i was pushing 200 in the during that scene i can tell you that oh the other thing too this would be very important if a terrorist is there and he's got to the point where he needs information from you and he's going to cut off a finger or something like that, you'd look at him and you'd go, "Say, could you turn your head a bit? Wow. God, you've got charisma. I, listen, I don't, know, I don't know what you think about this, but I know a guy, I mean, ignoring the character. I know, I know this guy, and he's a, he's a casting director. He's doing this big movie. I think there's a lot of money in this for you. I don't know if you want to come with me right now. We can, we can talk about it. So, uh, yeah, okay. So it's hard to go back and do him without getting myself amped up to that energy level. Cause he he was like a filibrating, like a broken tuning fork, and I always looked at him that way.
0: Oh, just he, such an amazing character! You knocked out. I he, mean,
1: he was out, out out of his mind.
0: Well, every and time she, the camera's on you, you knew you are going to laugh your ass off, which is awesome. Yeah. I, I thought it was amazing, and
1: well, that's the that's too, well, I'll take part of the credit, but also the
0: writers. And, sure, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a dual dual thing. All right. I, I wanted to give you those. That was a horrible siren, by the way. I
0: no, that was good. But oh, and, I, the, and the finger well, cutting I, I thing. I
1: had the siren really down.
0: <laughs> no, I thought it was awesome. And uh, uh, if they tried to cut your finger off, you could just pull your foot out and say, look, I only have four toes. Well, yeah. I do only have four toes. Oh, really? That was, oh, that, that wasn't just in the show. Well, okay.
1: Yeah. All right. We, we, you got to hear what, it. What happened when I it, – it's a character. It's Creed talking. He was at a clog dancing. <laughs> he, was, he was doing some clog dancing, and this big Scandinavian, uh, sixth 6'4", stopped on him and just broke a toe. That's, that's the story. And then he kind of had hairy feet, so the hair grew over and covered up the hole. It wasn't so bad.
0: <laughs> well, Creed, we have a little game that we play on the show. It's called oh, Hypothetical Survival World. And what we do is we are going to put you right in the middle of a situation, and you're going to mm-hmm. have an opportunity to choose A or B. And you're going to have 10 of those, 10 of those opportunities. So we fashion it off of the old choose your own adventure books where it's like, okay, if I want to go down to the river, I'm going to turn to page 33. If I want to run up the mountain, I'm going to turn to page 22. It's the same thing. So we keep a score for every right answer. And again, this is hypothetical. Every right answer is plus 10 points for every wrong answer. It's minus 10 points. Are you ready to play in hypothetical survival world creed?
1: I am indeed ready to play. I have never played this before. We've never met before this. There's nobody around here feeding me information.
0: <laughs> nobody has killed themselves many, okay. many times over. So everybody's okay. always scored. But the crown jewel is at 100 points. Let's see if you can do it. Okay. now Are you, gotta... are you ready for your scenario? I don't know if I'm...
1: You're never ready for these things. Yeah,
0: you are. You're ready for this.
1: I'm prepared as well as I can. I
0: customized this a little bit based on the fact that you're a lifelong California resident. So what do you think we're going to talk about? I'll give you a hint. Earthquakes! Bingo! Earthquakes. Here is the situation. Before we get started, you've probably been through half a dozen of these, haven't you? I have
1: been through a lot of them.
0: Okay, so you've got a hand up here.
1: I have a hand up. I picked up my kids and... Grab one on the arm, put one on the shoulder in Malibu a couple times charged outside, you know. Well,
0: let's see if your experience in the past gave you good habits or bad habits. And uh, again, this is hypothetical. So I'm happy to we can argue a point if you feel like you picked the right one. But let's get right into it. Okay, it is late in the evening. You are home alone and you are just getting into bed when everything starts violently shaking. You know exactly what's going on here. It is an earthquake, and it's a big boy. So, again, late at night, home alone, in bed, everything starts shaking. Any questions about the scenario before I start giving you your options?
1: Second floor, first floor. That's a good
0: question. You're on the first floor.
1: I'm on the first floor. So it's a single-story home.
0: Yeah, you have a a really nice ranch style that you're in. Exactly, exactly. All right. All right, and away we go. I would just... uh, Well, I got to give you the options first. Okay. so Yeah, yeah, so here we go. Your first set of options, and it's again, it's two options, and you pick one. That makes sense. Are you going to stay inside the home or immediately try to run outside of the home? I'm going to stay in the home. Excellent. And why is that? Because there's more chance
1: of me in the dark getting hurt charging outside.
0: Yeah, that's correct. And... Well, we'll get to it on the next one, but absolutely, you don't want to just go charging outside, and that's it's uh, a common misconception for a lot of people. So that's already plus ten. You're on the way to a perfect score. All right, create next decision time here. Are you going to get under a door frame, or are you going to lie down next to a sturdy piece of furniture like a couch or a table? get
1: down next to this dirty thing because i've heard i've already heard that from somebody else the door frames are are not
0: you're absolutely right it's another misconception that i get on a door frame no you don't i mean these things they aren't reinforced what you are doing by laying down let's say behind a couch is you're creating this triangle which creates basically a void space a safe void space so, yes, even if stuff yes, comes if down,
1: down girder... exactly. If that, you'll be yeah.
0: So, if that's the back of the couch and a girder comes down, well, you're right in the middle where my face is. You've got that void space in there. 20 yes. points plus 20. Woo, all right, buddy, here we go. Now, you found yourself, you've got into this void space underneath your couch or beside your couch. The shaking stops. Are you going to, okay, let's get out of here? Or are you going to stay put for a minute? The initial shaking stopped you're safe for now next to the couch time to move out or wait a minute
1: i think i would sit there and and listen why would why would you do that why would i listen see if there's if i could hear anybody screaming for help yeah there's anybody out there if there's anybody out there that wouldn't want to go out without making sure that everybody else was out of the place too
0: so creed the leading cause of injury and death during an earthquake is falling debris Yeah, You have survived the initial quake and are in a safe spot for now. I'd want to wait and make sure something hasn't delayed and is going to fall a couple of seconds later. So kind of stay put. You made it through the initial. Stay put and assess the situation for about a minute. Plus 30 on your way. God, I
1: was nervous. I got me nervous for a little bit.
0: No, you're on your way. You're doing outstanding. So again, leading cause of death, folks, an earthquake, falling debris. Falling debris. Okay, so... A minute's passed, you're not hearing anything crumbling or falling, you're gonna get moving out. It's like, all right, you're slowly moving your way out of the house. You're going past the laundry room. Are you gonna stop?
1: But I got a question. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah. I, I have a flashlight. I always have flashlights. So I would have my flashlight so I'd be able to see.
0: Okay, we'll give you that. Okay. No okay, problem. You. So right. you've decided, okay, now it's time to get out of the house. You're going through the laundry room and out a back door. Are you gonna stop in that laundry room? turn off the gas and the electricity or you're going to be like i'm not messing with this i'm just going to go ahead and keep moving
1: if it was easy access i don't see why i wouldn't turn off the electricity or uh, hit the gas but then again it might be ready just to explode
0: no i'm going to say i should probably get out of there ah you should have stuck with your first instincts because yeah yeah and this could be argued either way honestly it's like no i'm not messing with it now but if you can if not- I gas and i saw sparks then i'd want to get the hell out of this, this, is, true. this is true this is so true so i'm gonna go ahead we'll call this i'll I'll give this one to no, you no no
1: no i'm a big boy i can handle it because i i knew the first one was felt right and I, I want to get to my own judgment
0: basically the reason why and if you can do this within about five to ten seconds it's well worth it because one of the leading causes of fire after or because of earthquakes is gas leaks. So yep, if you yep, can yep, do yep. your part and turn that off quickly and even secure the electricity, that would be one less situation that first responders and firefighters are going to have to deal with. So if you could take that extra five or 10 seconds, knock it out. If you don't think that is safe enough to do, that's a delay, then go with your instinct there. Well, let's see where you're at with this one. You are heading outside. You're not out yet. There's another aftershock. You tumble down. Something comes down on top of you. So you've been covered by some debris and rubble oh all right it's from an aftershock so are you going to do everything you can use all your strength and kick this stuff off or are you going to slowly crawl through it following the light and slowly remove debris in your path towards getting outside
1: oh obviously the second one i would think
0: absolutely Absolutely.
1: There's no argument there. You don't want to expend all your energy.
0: That's one reason. And the other thing is some of this, if you slowly remove it, there might be some stuff there that's load-bearing. And if you remove something harshly or, or quickly that's load-bearing, boom, the rest of it could just crush you. So crush if you, you if you can slowly move through the debris, pulling non-load-bearing stuff out one piece at a time, that is the better decision for this one. Yep. Okay, there good. you go. That's plus 40. You're doing great Unfortunately, you found yourself and you're pinned. You can't move forward anymore. You are st-
1: I wearing what?
0: You are stuck. You We're are stuck. now stuck. You've moved about yeah. 10 feet and are stuck. So are you just going to start yelling for help or are you going to try tapping on something to make a noise, like an SOS tap? Are you going to yell and scream to try and get somebody or try tapping? Tapping.
1: Screaming. Well, it just happened. There's no. It did just happen. There's no emergency stuff there. Yeah, let me help you
0: out here. You've been. I I I my say Tap. You've been buried for an hour now. Are you yelling or are you tapping? You're tapping. Absolutely, and you're conserving your energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: you gotta conserve your energy. You can do an SOS tap or something like that, and oftentimes the vibration from a tap that noise can generally sometimes travel further than you're yelling. The other thing in an earthquake situation is there's going to be so much toxic dust and stuff floating around that if you're yelling, you're causing yourself to breathe and breathe and breathe faster. And you're going to be consuming more of that nasty, toxic dust and, and things like that. So, yes, conserve, conserve, tap. And guess what? A neighbor's found you. And he pulls you out and he discovers you've got a big old gash on your head. And so, still inside, but you've been pulled out from the rubble. Do you want to go ahead and address the injury, which is a gash uh, above your forehead, or do you want to move on outside?
1: Knowing who I am, I would urinate on my forehead right away. So, just to, to, because that's what I know, they would take care of it right there.
0: You're going to pee on your head? Pee in my head, yeah. I'm going to suggest because it's not a life-threatening <laughs> injury and urine's not the best reaction. Give me the whole thing again. Let me <laughs> yeah, yeah. again. All right. So your neighbor pulled you out from underneath yeah. the, the rubble. Yeah. You yeah. you have sustained an injury. It's a cut to your forehead. Yeah. Do you address the injury immediately or do you move on outside? Oh,
1: no, you move on. Now. You get the hell out of it. Oh, you do, you're still inside the thing? Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought you said you were outside the building. Yeah,
0: no, you were just inside in the rubble. He, no, no, he no. no. Out. You, you got to get out of the building. You got to get the hell out of there. Absolutely, oh, I,
1: I, I I, I'm definitely going to take you out when I got
0: that. Yeah, I mean,
1: I had to go for the joke. Some of the, the situations you
0: know, I loved it. So, where that situation might be different is if the area was secure enough, and you felt like you might have had a spinal injury, and moving you is going to create a bigger issue then maybe right. a stay put there to address. But you are not in a safe environment. You just had an aftershock, bury it. So you need to clear out of the area because it's not deemed safe and then deal with the repercussions of the injury later. So excellent answer on that.
1: And then just well, since we're on this theme, then obviously I, I would think you would go to open ground and look around where there's lots of things that could fall on you. Well,
0: we're things. we're getting there. We're oh that. yeah, oh. Creed, We're getting there. So oh, you are. So Sorry. no, that's okay. You are outside, and you're looking around. You see your vehicle. It's there. It's not covered with anything, so you can move to your vehicle, or across the street. There's a playground, so you get your vehicle. And you're like, all right, maybe I can get the hell out of here, drive out of here, or there's a large playground just across the street. Large playground. Why do you think you want to do that?
1: Because there'd be too many crazy people on the road and there'd be emergency vehicles. I want to get stay out of their way. I, I'm not going to drive very far if it's a major earthquake.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and then another really big reason is we talked about debris being the leading cause of death. Right. So your goal is to be three times further than the height of anything around you. That's the rule of thumb. Three times further. And you said it with a vehicle. I'll oh, forget about it. That's probably just going to be a nightmare. You might not make it 10 feet. And you're going to be dealing with light poles, electrical poles, oh, road you're, conditions. You're no. Apart, so, so yeah. excellent. That's another 10 points. Creed killing it. So, you're at the playground. And there is yet another aftershock. And right at your feet, you see a sinkhole starting to open up. All right? So, what are you going to do? You're obviously going to want to get the heck away from the sinkhole. Do yes. you head to a parking lot that's off to the left, or do you head to this hillside that's over to the right? Parking lot to the left, hillside to the right. Hillside
1: to the right.
0: Huh. Parking lot, and this
1: is a sinkhole. Sinkhole? or the parking... We, we in L.A. They build asphalt. They build roads over sinkholes all the time. They
0: do. <laughs> yeah,
1: they do. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen cars. You know, I've been driving around and see cars sticking right where halfway into the road because of sinkholes. Yeah,
0: and you never know how big these things can get. In this
1: mountain though, it's a mountain. What is there big high trees on the mountain?
0: No, no, no. It's it's just you know I'd say it's like a 200 foot hill that it just is part of the part of the environment by the playground.
1: Sinkhole, fucker. That's a real interesting, because this is the tricky one here, too. I want to go, my instincts, I want to go to the hill,
0: but I know it's wrong, but I'm going to go to the hill. Go with your first instinct, always in life. The reason being, you have no idea how much bigger the sinkhole can get. That's and, the thing, and I, and I
1: think it just could continue into the
0: parking yeah. lot. And yeah. the rule of thumb for an earthquake, just like the rule of thumb for flooding, get to high ground. Get to high ground. So, right. yes, you are heading up to that hill. Buddy, another 10 points. Okay. Here we are. This is your Not last. Yet, Evo. You've got one more. you got one more here. So you're on top of this hill. Now you're dealing with the injury. It's a little bit more blood than you like. It's coming down. You're starting to realize it. And you look across north from where you are on this hill. And across this bridge, you see an ambulance staged there. And you're like, oh, OK, well, I can, I can walk over there or you're going to stay put and maybe try and signal the ambulance. So you see a bridge and across the bridge is an ambulance staged or you're going to hold what you got and try and deal with the injury yourself.
1: I'm going to stay where I am. I'm not going to walk across the bridge.
0: Absolutely. Why are you not going to walk across a bridge a ter- after an earthquake? earthquake? That's <laughs> the reason why the ambulance didn't cross it. Yes. Hey, oh, Creed. Plus 80, buddy. You are in the upper echelon of survivors during hypothetical survival world. You, well, did, you did awesome. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, you really did. And, I felt uh, like I, I could have gotten
1: better, but, but it's okay. Is okay. there any... I'm, I'm very hard on myself.
0: Well, I tell you what. We like to do something at the end of each show called an after action report. It's basically what are some lessons, a couple lessons learned. I learned you are a badass having survived an airplane crash that ended up in the river with alligators, attack dogs, and armed men, and still made it to the show. That is yep. dedication. Is there anything you have that's a that good takeaway? Whole, that was
1: the whole band. That was the whole I love thing. it.
0: Well, any any that's takeaways that. you're like, yeah, I didn't know that, or that was interesting. Tonight? This yeah. show? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well that one about and I guess I knew it was right to turn off the gas if you can. Mm-hmm. Turn off the gas if you can, turn off the electricity. But that made sense to me. You knew that. I kept, that. Thinking, I, kept thinking, I knew that I knew that, but I did I went against my instincts. And I told you before through I got here to my age and in, in what I've accomplished by trusting that little voice, not going down using letting my logical mind uh, dictate because it doesn't know the mind doesn't know your instincts know yeah. your intuition knows. That's our survival. We are survivors, human beings, for sure.
0: I can't thank you enough, Creed, for your time. You have spent the majority of your life entertaining people. You're not done yet. And I love it and really, uh, really appreciate you being on the show and spend the time with us. Kate, thank you so much for having me. I, uh, I love what I do.
1: I'm lucky to get to do what I do. And I love making people laugh. I hope people enjoy the new album, Slightly Altered. I believe in these times, trouble, that music is a healing force. It always has been a healing force. and I hope that might do my small part to, to help people. And if you're ever around in some situation, you know, in a, in a red carpet situation to go, Hey, I want to hear some stories about your life. Buddy.
0: <laughs> That's a deal. That's a deal. All
1: right, man. Thanks so much. Hey,
0: thank you folks. The best way to support our show is to subscribe, rate and review on Apple podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. You can also check out our YouTube channel for video content of all of our episodes. So ring that bell to subscribe. And if you have any survival questions you want answered, just leave it in the comments. So you can be a survivor, not a statistic. Thanks, folks. This is Cade out. Can You Survive This Podcast is a Cavalry Audio production recorded live from the bunker in Denver, Colorado. Hosted by me, Cade Courtley. Produced by Brandon Morgan and Cade Courtley. Associate producer is Jeff Apple. Executive produced by Keegan Rosenberger and Dana Brunet.